Alrighty then. On this episode of So Many Sequels, we ask the questions, is Ace Ventura really still funny? And can we really believe the IMDb trivia section? So many sequels. I'm Josh. I am Andrew. I'm Garrett. Yay, we did it. We did it. We're here. We're back. We're going to talk about a new thing this time. We just wrapped up talking about the original Star Wars trilogy. Loved it. Per Mm. usual. Now we're going to talk about something that's very, is typically compared to Star Wars. No, it's not. It's (laughs) typically compared to Batman. Yeah. Oh, yeah. We do compare it to Batman a lot for some reason. Uh, For some reason. Anyway, this week on the show, we are talking about the 1994 comedy classic. No. Ace Ventura (laughs) Pet Detective. Directed by Tom Shadjack, starring Jim Carrey, uh, pre-friends Courtney Cox, and uh, Tone Loke. Yes. (laughs) Just because. Underrated appearance by Tone Loke. Why not? Wild thing at its finest. Let's do it. Let's do it. Oh, man. You know what? I like that song a lot. That is a good song. Wild Thing? Yeah. That is a good song. For some reason. I don't know why. That's good. So, of the Ace Ventura movies, uh, this is, as a kid, was my least uh, favorite. Mm. And I don't really know why. Um, I I saw Ace Ventura when Nature Calls more, I guess. And this one just, I don't know, it seemed boring, I guess. I don't know, comparatively to When Nature Calls. Because it wasn't, it, it was silly and dumb. But, like, Ace Ventura, When Nature Calls, was, like, way over the top. But this one was, like, just regular. It's over the top, but it wasn't, like, it's just, like, over the top boring. It's not, like, way over the top ridiculous. When Nature Calls, I feel like, has the humor. Like, it it has more of the humor than, uh... When Nature Calls has more of the humor than this. This has more of a plot. And I think it follows, I think it follows that pretty... Pretty succinctly, Definitely. although it's pretty, it's, I mean, it's pretty bad. Definitely does have a story. I'm just going to walk out of this recording. <laughs> <laughs> you, you were not excited about these movies. No, I was, and then I watched them, yeah. and then I wasn't. <laughs> is how it went. So, this, that'll bring up an interesting topic as to, as to why, what do you think kids look for in humor? Farts. But there's not really any farts. Like, he, he talks out of his butt. And but he's literally fart. a talking fart. <laughs> yeah, but, like, that that's only, it's, like, it's nothing, two or it's, three times. It's, <laughs> it's also butt jokes. Thank you. Yeah. yeah. It's butts and farts. There's it's a totally human. Totally there's, there's a lot of butt jokes. That's why I liked it as a kid. That's why all of us liked it as a kid. Yeah. <laughs> no one's going to get out of line about that. It's funny because he bends over and he goes, Okay, that's it. Yeah. You know how he started doing that? The butt talks? Yeah. <laughs> Do you remember? Yeah. What is it? Uh, him and the Wayans. Yeah. One Wayan uh, did not get along well in the writer's room of, of In Living Color. And so there was a time, I guess, where it got particularly heated. Mm-hmm. And Jim just bent over and started talking out of his butt. Yep. And that's how it came to be. And I don't think the way which way was it? It was Keenan Ivory. That's right. He I don't think he cared for that. He did not. He got, almost got they, in a fight. They almost they? got into a fight. Like a real fight. Yeah. And Keenan left the room and then they came back and talked about it and, and relaxed or whatever. But yeah, that's how it started. <laughs> uh, there he is in, in Living Color days. You know, there's a book about it in Living Color. 
Is there? Yeah. It's, I think it's new. I saw it at Barnes & Noble the other day. Well, I loved In Living Color. You should get that. Yeah. Um, yeah. Well, that's not... Are, this we, was, are we done? Yeah. <laughs> sure. So, <laughs> this was the movie that started Jim Carrey, essentially. Basically. As a, as a movie star, yeah. 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 He had done some movies before this, but none of them were... I mean, he never had... None of them got this kind of hit. He never had, like, a starring, starring role. This is, his, like, his breakout. Yeah. Exactly. Exactly. And it was it was a hit at the time. It, it was a hit at the time. It made how much money? Over hundred million. Hundred and seven million dollars. Yeah, which it, was quite would not be considered that good today, but then for ninety three dollars, yeah. right? Ninety three dollars, it would be quite a bit more. And it was only a budget of twelve million. Mm-hmm. So it far so. I mean, oh yeah, it made a lot of money. It made yeah. a lot of money. We'll talk about this in the next episode. But twelve million dollars was not even what Jim Carrey made for the second one. He made like fifteen million dollars for the second one. So they made. This one for less than they paid him for the second one. Mm-hmm. It's crazy. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. But I, I mean, go ahead. Well, I was just gonna go back to the humor thing and the story thing. Uh, I, this is tough because the 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 magic is kind of kind of spoiled because we've already watched and talked about when nature calls, and I'm just gonna put that out there. Yeah. <laughs> so it kind of well. it kind of makes this one harder, but it. It's hard to talk about it without talking about the other. It's true. This one has a better story. Yeah. And that's not saying much. No. No. And that's my that's that's where I come out thinking this is the the better one. I mean, to, to each their own. I just I I always felt like the second one just it has the humor and the, it has the humor. I think that's what's winning about the second one, but this one when we when we watched it, I felt like it just did not age well at all. Like I just, I think after this, I really don't think I can ever watch it again. Like, yeah, I probably ever. won't watch either of them again. Yeah, but let's let's talk about the story of this one. So just just for a recap, for people who uh, th- those blessed people who haven't watched Ace Ventura in, <laughs> in a long time, because I'm gonna be honest, you probably shouldn't, unless you want to follow along with us. In then case, you uh, if you want to follow along with us, yeah. come back, refresh your memory, and listen to the conversation. Be a part of it. I just, as a human, can't can't recommend that this time. <laughs> just you know, if you if you can stomach it, please. But don't ever spend your own money on this. <laughs> it's on Netflix, so like, yeah, it is on Netflix. So this one is about. Ace is an actual pet detective in this one. He is kind of the joke of the police department, the local police department, which I think is Miami. Yes. Yes, the Miami police department. He's not someone anyone takes seriously, but he's the one that some more eccentric people call when they have pet cases. Yeah. So in this one, as happens, the mascot of the Miami Dolphins goes missing one day. Yeah, the classic high school prank. Of let's go steal the other team's mascot. The NFL, an NFL team's mascot, which I don't know would ever be a real animal, but in this case it is. Not it's normally, a, I don't it's think. It's a real dolphin. And of all the things they could do, they call they call Ace Ventura. Yeah. <laughs> to solve the crime mm-hmm. as to who stole the animal. Mm-hmm. Which I still think, I don't know why he has a better inkling than a regular detective. Because, I mean, that would technically fall under, like, a detective's thing anyway. They have the same kind of skills that they would need to find said missing object, I think. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. Yeah, it doesn't make sense to me that a pet detective could exist, but I don't know that we can apply logic to this world. (laughs) (laughs) I don't. I don't know that we can. Because, I mean, why why would the police department turn to Ace, which they do and don't? 
Yeah, he. In his movie. I think he was independently hired by the Miami Dolphins, and he's working in he conjunction with them. Yeah, with the police. I wonder if he just hired himself. You never know. He may have just hired himself, and he just kind he of just showed up himself to take into it. it. Sure, why not? It does sound like something he would do. Yeah, it does. It really but does. but you know, if you ever watch the movie, that's, that's really not the plot. So, but you never know. You never know. I just made that up. I just pulled it right out of my ass. <laughs> you did what? <laughs> okay, that's it. That was me doing an Ace Venture impression. And he got up and did it in the flesh. Okay. <laughs> I don't even remember where we were. We were talking about talking out of people's asses. Yeah, I bent over and did an Ace Ventura impression. <laughs> but the plot... The so, plot, the important part. The plot. Yeah. <laughs> this is just as good as the movie was. Yeah. So there are some standout things in the movie. The yeah. butt thing is one. Uh, I kept a running tally of some of the catchphrases. Oh, yeah. Uh, I've got an all righty then tally, a take care now tally, and a loser tally. Yeah, it's funny because, I mean, you could really, really, really tell that they wanted Alrighty Then in particular to be a catchphrase. Oh, yeah. And it succeeded because people still say it to this day. Yeah. How many times did they say Alrighty Then? Alrighty Then. You know, I'm kind of surprised by these numbers just because it, I feel like it should be higher. And, and so th- this is an unofficial tally, but Alrighty Then I counted five, mm-hmm. which is, a, I mean, it's a decent number, but for, for how memorable it is, I feel like it would be upwards of five. Like, higher, closer to 10. Take care now, but by then, twice. I said it twice. And then, loser, he said five times as well. Le-hoo. Yeah, Le-hoo. well, those are the two that I think it quoted the most. Is, what about yeah. and Alrighty Then. What about, oh, really? <laughs> I don't have that one on this. Yeah, I don't have that tally. 36 oh, times. <laughs> no, here we go. I did, so, I said in my notes, there are also several but I didn't do a tally because I didn't remember it, and uh, I did say that it rivals Alrighty then, so maybe around five, six. Somewhere okay, there. but yeah, didn't uh, didn't Jim? He he kind of helped with the screenplay, and didn't he throw those in there because of the fact that he wanted them to be there? He really wanted to punch up the script and and make those really memorable parts of it. Or did I? Dream <laughs> well, well the, well, the thing is, is that like what what originally happened was is that when they originally wrote it, it was very stupid. Like they want, like they and not by the time by the time they made it, it wasn't stupid. Yeah, no, <laughs> this like, made it better. But like, uh, they wanted Ace Ventura to be a quote unquote bumbling idiot, and then Jim Carrey came on and said, "I'm gonna go ahead and rewrite this," and he rewrote it to what it is today. Whether yeah. or not that's better is totally up to the viewer. It's totally up to you. Uh, Rick Moranis, yeah, Rick. was originally uh, the top choice to play Ace. He was approached about the lead, but turned the filmmakers down. That would have been interesting. And Moranis went on to star in The Flintstones and The Little Giants. Better movies. They are better movies. Especially Little Giants. Yeah. That's a good movie. I just wonder what a Rick Moranis Ace Ventura would have been. Just picture him with that do. Well, if Andrew is correct, because I can't back it up, that Jim wrote a lot, rewrote a lot of the script, then it probably would have been drastically different. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Because who knows, one, if Rick Moranis would have would have done any rewriting. He might not have at all. So it could have been the original script. 
And who knows what that would have looked like. It probably wouldn't have as many catchphrases. No. Well, and Rick Moranis is a different style of humor. He does kind of, he does the over the top, but he's not like overly physical like Jim. No, his physicality is more subtle. Yeah. So it would have been very interesting to see where it would have been taken and how that version could have been. Because as we all know, Rick Moranis is retired now. Yep. Do we know why Rick Moranis turned it down? Was it because it conflicted with those two movies? Or was it because he wanted those two movies more? Or was there a deeper reason why he turned this down? I don't even know. I don't know. I, don't I, that, know. I, don't I truly know. can't imagine the movie with him. I really can't do it. No, but, I don't know. But I think that's because Jim Carrey's Ace Ventura is so iconic. Yeah, I mean, <clears throat> that it, like the movie or not, it is such an iconic character. People remember it. People say it. And it's it's something that really, really stands out. Well, and the other thing is, is that Jim Carrey really had a breakthrough somewhere. And he pro- and this is probably the best outlet to do it in. Because Ace Ventura, as dumb as it was, as dumb as it was, w- was very memorable, you know, whether or not you liked it. Because, you know, if it was stupid, yeah, you remember it. But if it was... If it was really good, yeah, you'd really remember it. But if could you imagine, like, if Jim Carrey did something really serious, then he probably wouldn't be remembered as as he did then. As he would, this probably not making any sense. <laughs> he probably would not be as remembered then as he would be right now. Does that make sense? That makes sense. Okay, cool. Because I'm- no, I mean, it, his goofiness, his off the wall persona, is what made him. And I think with Ace Ventura. You just kind of have to accept that a little bit, as dumb as it is. And it and to I don't know I don't want to give this movie credit for things, but it also helped launch the career of Courtney Cox. Yep, this is really the first because Friends wasn't on at the time, right? No, I don't know that I would say it helped launch her career at all. I bet that it helped land her the part in Friends. You think it probably? I mean, like, she had some, some kind of thing. She had to have some sort of starring power. I don't know. I mean, I don't know that she did. I mean, she no, was. No, most... she was. Uh, she would have already been cast in Friends, I think. Was it? They I can't both. They when both it. started in 1994. Oh, uh, okay. Okay. So it probably just started like back to back. Because I remember when this was released in the summer. I think. Yeah. yeah. Was it released in the summer? I, I, don't, I know. don't know. I, I do remember seeing this in theaters, though. It was released in February. Okay. And Friends started in September of 1994, but. That means they would have had to. They would have had to have had a pilot in the previous spring mm-hmm. season, the way pilot seasons work. Mm-hmm. So she would have got. She would have landed the friends role before the movie came out in most yeah. likely scenarios. I think. Okay. I don't know. Let you want to call her? Sure. Yeah. Yeah. Come on, Courtney. You can come on the show. Yeah. We'll talk to you about this movie. Didn't you say that she doesn't want ever want to talk about it or see it or yeah, do Jen- anything? Have anything? Yeah. Jennifer it? Aniston brought the movie over for whatever reason to her to her home and. Courtney just flat out refused to watch it. If I were Courtney, I'd bring over that leprechaun in the hood or whatever she was going to be like, oh yeah, you want to make me watch this? How about this, sucker? (laughs) You don't have a good track record either. (laughs) So there's a scene in this movie with, there. I mean, there's a lot of scenes with Courtney and Jim as they're the main two people, but there's a sex scene in this movie between the two of them. Yeah. And there's a lot of this stuff that you go back and watch as an adult and it's like, how did I not understand? But of course, you're an innocent little child. Yeah. And you don't understand these things. Like at the very beginning, when Ace is returning this woman's dog, and he like grabs onto the the ledge, and she's like swinging back and forth. 
and she has disappeared from frame to uh, waist level, if you understand what I'm saying. Uh, you don't get that. You just see him swinging around like an idiot, and you think it's funny. As an adult, my first reaction was, what is she doing? That doesn't look comfortable or fun for anybody involved. Well, and the other thing is, is that this is billed as a kid's movie. Yeah, but there's a lot of adult things there's in There's a lot of adult movies, stuff so. in this. But the sex scene with Courtney and Jim uh, uh, <laughs> was not easy, because if you remember, they're in Jim's apartment, so he has all those animals. Mm-hmm. And right, and the squirrel was like ruining them on. Yes, and, and so the parakeet was just bouncing Ted. There's a uh, Courtney Cox is quoted as saying, "All the animals had to be chained to their positions, but the squirrel would get loose and jump on the penguin. The penguin would bite the cockatoo, and soon all hell would break loose. <laughs> okay. And I'd find myself under the blanket with a macaw, <laughs> or with a macaw." <laughs> <laughs> Sounds it, like a nightmare. It sounds like an absolute nightmare. And I, one of the, the, the notes that I have about all of those animals in his apartment is his landlord is uh, Hector Salamanca yeah. from Breaking Bad. And he thinks that he has animals at one point in time. So Jim gives that little like, uh, or Ace gives that little key jingle and all the animals go hide. And as the camera is panning across the apartment, you see a doggy door in the bottom of the refrigerator. In the freezer. Where the penguins can come slide out. And I just don't understand, like, how you don't see that. You don't see any animals. No. But, like, if I were a landlord, I'd be like, why does your refrigerator have a doggy door? Do you, like, you can't apply logic to you it. You can't. I know. No. You just can't. No. Or you'll go crazy trying. Or it's just like a river otter hiding in the toilet. Right. You know, which river otters, mind you, are huge. And a toilet depending on who you are, is not very big. <laughs> yeah, 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 yeah. You know, the, go ahead. I was going to say, when did you first see this movie? Man, I don't know, 94, I was like four or five. I mean, I probably, I don't think I would have seen it in theaters. It would have had to have been after it was on DVD or video at the time, I yeah. guess. So seven-ish, probably. What about you? I really don't remember. Okay. I know I saw it. Yeah. I remember having seen it. I have no memories attached to seeing it. Oh, okay. So I really don't know. I can't remember. I, I know that this movie, not this one, but When Nature Calls and Jim Carrey in general was very important to me when I was a kid because I had three main comedians at, that I looked up to as a kid and it was Jim Carrey, Robin Williams, and Tim Allen. Yep. And those three were like the triangle of comedy for me so anything that was with jim carrey i would sit down and watch and so this was in my rotation his return was in my rotation liar liar all of his stuff was and most of it still is but like i said this is the first time that i've seen this movie in years and i didn't really like this one as much so this one just didn't have the staying power with me no you said you saw it in theaters i saw it in theaters yeah it was uh <clears throat> I went and saw it when I was eight years old. Uh, my grandpa took me to go see it on the night that it premiered um, at Eastland Four Movie Theater in Bartlesville, and I loved it. I thought it was great. Of course, that's that's eight year old me talking. This is now twenty something year old me talking right now. Um, <clears throat> but yeah, no, um, it's it's. I mean, I look at it now and I'm just like, man, you know. It just has not aged well whatsoever. Like, I mean, yeah, it was in heavy rotation whenever I was little. 
I just can't bear to watch it now. I like I don't even want to show it to my nephew who's eight years old. <laughs> so your nephew's eight? My nephew he actually turns nine next month. What? That's crazy. Yeah. I find that real crazy. I do too. <laughs> so here's here's the thing. So let's let's say that we had kids. This is a movie that we grew up with. Mm-hmm. There's a parents have to go see movies that are not great. For kids sometimes. Like, they're kids' movies and they're not good. Like, you know right. they're not good. Yeah. Yes. But in order to keep parents' attention, a lot of times kids' movies will have things to keep adults entertained and laugh. Like the sex scenes. Like the over-the-top stuff. Like the, the things like that. So, as an adult, how do you handle that? Because, like, you go see it and you think, my child can't see this. But you also know that this is a kids' movie and the yeah. kids don't know what that means. So This one really crosses the line yeah yeah in that department because while a lot of kids movies do have some nice references and stuff for adults this is blatant yes and it's not subtle or hidden at all no so it is very inappropriate Mm -hmm. for children Mm -hmm. very like i as an adult i feel like i could say that however if i had a kid i would not let them watch it because it's not funny (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> and I have plenty of movies from my childhood that are funny. Sure. Yeah. It, we we had talked about how <clears throat> this movie was a jumping point for Jim. But at the time, the director, what, uh, Shadyak? Yep. Tom Shadyak. They, Shadyak. They thought that this movie might end their careers. Yep. Yep. I can see that. Yeah. They, uh, Shadyak said, when I first saw Jim, I thought he was doing stuff that was so new, it was scary. There was fear when I showed Ace Ventura to an audience because we thought maybe we were ending our careers. There was also fear when we made the choice to play that character so over the top, but we moved through we moved through it because we thought there was something really funny there. I just the nineties were so weird. <laughs> the early They're 90s so freaking so weird. weird. A movie like this just wouldn't go today. No. Not not it at wouldn't. all. And it makes me wish I had I wasn't old enough to know better at the time. When mm-hmm. you're a kid, you just don't think about the outside world very much. But I'd like to know what what in the world was going on that made people like this so much. Time, sure. Times were different. Exactly. Times I mean, were different. But what was it where they were like, this is the hit we've been looking for? What is that? I think. Why? I think it's probably one of those things. I mean, and it's happened before where a studio will actually put money towards a movie that expects it to flop. And then all of a sudden, it ends up being a big ass hit, you know. And it's not, it, you know, like I said, it's it's happened before, but this is probably one of those instances where they just said, "Well, that's a happy accident. Let's try to get another one out of it." And it turns out they did. It was when when nature calls. I don't know. I mean, I feel like I'm being harsh on it, but <laughs> well, at I'm, the same time, I don't. But the thing is, is that you can't really feel but, too bad about it. Right, I think it's because it's conflicting with what I believe from childhood of this being a good, funny movie. Com- and seeing it now, I just don't. Do and you if feel it betrayed? Were, I don't feel betrayed. If I did, it would be to my own self. Right, right, right. Like I betrayed myself in thinking this was good. <laughs> but I can't blame a child no. for laughing no. at, like what we said earlier, it's just butt jokes. Right. Yeah. Mostly, it's just toilet humor. Yeah. yeah. This, uh, I think I'm reading this correctly. But uh, according to Box Office Mojo, 
the it was the 16th highest ranked movie. I don't know if that's highest grossing it's, movie of that uh, year. If it's box office mojo, I would imagine yeah. that's what it means. They only track um, box office growth. They're gross. Yeah, Ace Ventura. It came in under Star Trek Generations. Uh, for what that year? Yeah, for 1994. That's not that good. Sixteenth. <laughs> Sixteenth. Yeah. Yeah. Forrest Gump was the t- or the top five. Include Forrest Gump, The Lion King, True Lies, The Santa Claus, and The Flintstones. So it looks like Rick Moranis made the right call. And Dumb and Dumber. Yeah, Dumb and Dumber and The Mask both both did better in the Man, same year. I, that was I a forgot busy, all those movies were released in the same year. That was a busy year for Jim. It was. Well, that like we said, that was the year that he really blew up. And we talk about this in the next episode where uh, When Nature Calls came out uh, the, the same year that Batman Forever did when he, became, when he was the Riddler. Yeah. So he had these years of several movies come out that were big where... Maybe they didn't necessarily need to be good, I guess, yeah. because a lot of him, a lot of Jim Carrey's box office success was running off of his popularity. Yeah, because I, I mean, I it's been a long time since I've seen The Mask, so I can't really speak for that one. But I've seen Dumb and Dumber a lot over the years, and that movie is still genuinely funny. It really is. That is a funny movie. I've enjoyed The Mask. I've seen it more recently. I just haven't seen, seen it this I in think, a long time. I think The Mask is fun. Like, I just think it's a fun movie. Cameron Diaz is in it. Cameron- yeah. I'm just afraid to say anything because... You don't want to go back and watch these... And not yeah. like them. Yeah. Like I did with this. Yeah. But I, I know I know that I still like Dumb and Dumber. I, I took notes throughout the film. Yeah. And I'm reading them back, and I don't even know why I wrote them down. Same. <laughs> I'm like, well, not, not because I don't remember, because I read them and I don't care. Oh. Like, I, I see, like, what did I write? Uh, there is a montage... That feels like its only purpose is to play lineup by Aerosmith, which makes sense because uh, we were in peak Aerosmith in 1994. Sure. They were everywhere. But like, I don't care. <laughs> um, oh. They had their own video game. They did? Yeah. For what? It was called Revolution X. Nintendo? Super Nintendo? No, it was mainly an arcade game. And it was it was just a like a kind of like a post-apocalyptic game where Aerosmith was like... What was like the lead heroes, and you just shot up a bunch of people. That's all. All right. That's all it was. All right, then. Well, that is definitely peak Aerosmith. And then you like shot a bunch of CDs and got extra points. The the most interesting little tidbit that I have that I wrote down was the Mission Impossible sequence because the movie came out two years before Tom Cruise's Mission Impossible Mm. came out. So at the time Ace Ventura came out, it had been. Since 1973, when Mission Impossible, the TV show, ended. Wow. There was a short two-season revival in 1988. I didn't know that. But Mission Impossible was not really a thing in 1994. Boom. Hmm. Not like we think about it now, because now you think of Mission Impossible, and it's Tom Cruise. It's Tom Cruise. Hanging upside down in the the laser room and all that stuff. But in 1994, it was not that at all. You didn't. That came out, what, like two years later? Two years later, yeah. Okay. So I, I just thought that was interesting, that they had the Mission Impossible sequence with the theme song where he's sneaking around the, the house. Mm-hmm. I'm going through some of the <clears throat> some of the trivia, and I found one that I found fairly interesting, that Ace wasn't originally supposed to be a pet detective. It was meant to be more of a generic Sherlock Holmes parody, and then one of the screenwriters came up with a pet detective idea after watching a sketch 
uh, for our David Letterman about pet owners. So really, we have to blame David Letterman for all of this. Uh, I, was that from the, the IMDb yeah. trivia? So here's just a question for both of you, especially okay. Andrew, because I know you, you, you frequent the trivia section of IMDb. Do you believe it all? Because I've they often come across things really where I go, here's, I don't know that I believe this. Here's the problem. Here's the problem. I think anyone can add to it. it yeah, that's it's literally an edit button. That's my that's my problem with IMDb and their in their trivia is that, and you have to say the same thing for Wikipedia. Wikipedia, you have to source. Okay, you do, and it that tidbit is not in the Wikipedia page. Okay, no, and usually when Wikipedia goes wrong, it gets corrected pretty quick. Yeah, like if something sounds really really crazy, if something sounds really really crazy and ends up in the trivia. I actually believe that stuff a lot more than, like, say, regular stuff. I don't know why. It just it draws my interest in whenever I look at it. But like, like half the stuff, half the stuff I, it, I look at the at the IMDb page, I do question it because you don't know where the hell it came from. You don't no, know, you don't know its validity. You don't like, and I say that because I came across one that said that. Alan Rickman was considered for the lead role. I don't, and I just don't, I don't believe, believe that. Yeah. But it's on the trivia page of IMDb, and 22 of 27 people found that fact interesting. So I always, when I look at the, I go, I don't even know if I can say this. I don't know if it's true or not. What's up with this IMDb slash Amazon, because you own them? Come on, Bezos. Get her done. Get it right. There, that's what I want to know. Is, is there any kind of verification process? Do people look through these like moderators and go, that's crap. But I mean, something. I like- will say you have to sign in. When I click edit, you have to sign in. Yeah. To do it, but I don't know what it'll do. I'll but, try. But I mean, in an instant like that, you know, I have I have heard stories about like, like the most random of people being cast for the most random of parts, and you know, for for instance, like Neil Diamond was actually going to be cast for Travis Bickle as taxi driver. And that was a true thing. Like they really wanted him to do it, and it turns out that wasn't the case. So it turns out that he ended up not getting cast, but he really was considered for it. And you also have to take into consideration when they say consider people. Like they just, you know, you think that oh yeah, well he actually might do good for that role. Well, they just considered him for that point because they didn't know who else to do it. So there you go. Hmm. Dropping some knowledge on everybody, whether it's true or not, unknown. Mm-hmm. Uh, one thing that we haven't talked about, and I feel like this is uh, something that should be brought up, is we talked about, you said something about how, what were they thinking in the 90s? Like, how is this okay? This movie would not go over well now. And there's a huge part of the movie that would not even be considered to be put in a modern movie today. And that is the revelation that Finkel is Einhorn and Einhorn is Finkel. Dun, dun, dun. Uh, Ray Finkel is the uh, field goal kicker for the Miami Dolphins on their perfect team who missed the field goal. Einhorn is the female lead detective that is trying to find the Dolphin. Jim Carrey, or Ace figures out that they are one and the same, that Finkel has become Einhorn through a transgender process. And in this scene of, of Revelation, they're, on the, they're in the dock. 
the whole police department is there. Yeah. And he reveals that Einhorn is Finkel and Finkel is Einhorn and every male in the scene they start starts spitting and tearing at their tongues in disgust. And that is something that I don't understand how even now a movie that's 20 something years old doesn't get ripped to shreds for yeah. because obviously you couldn't do that now no but you could in the 90s like i don't understand i don't know they they got away with some they got away with some stuff i don't know how they got away with it i just don't know yeah you could not do something like that today like at all and it just i i, I wonder what the screenwriters what jim and what the people a part of this movie think if because we talk about in the in the Nature Calls will talk about the portrayal of natives and things like that, and Jim has said that he doesn't like that, but I can't find anything about people referencing back to this, and maybe it's because they just want it to go away. Like, they don't want to talk about it, they want it to be forgotten, this mo- this whole movie can just go away, we're sorry, go away. Because it's, it's, I feel like, even though it's not on TV much, I mean, it's on Netflix, and anybody can watch it. Yeah. So, it's just an interesting thought. So let's talk about the critical reception. We like to play a game where we guess the Rotten Tomato score 1 to 100 or 0 to 100 percent. Where do we think Ace Ventura with uh, Pet Detective falls on that scale? Hmm. I'm going to go with 37. 37 for Andrew. I'm going to go with. 41. You guys are close to... Dang it. I hate close this because I don't, well, I don't want to say the, like, the same number, so I feel like I have to change it. Because I was going to go with 40, but now I feel like I got to go with like 45. Because it's certainly not going to be close to 50. Or like, it's not going to be above 50. I hope not. I hope not too, but I don't know. I mean, I guess it could what be. What if it is? Did Siskel and Eber give it two thumbs up? I don't know about uh, that. I know that it was not received well. Yeah. I know that. Yeah. But I just don't know how badly. All right. So, according to the Rotten Tomatoes, it reached a 46%. Yeah. Which is still too high. My 45 was too high, but that just worked out. Audience score, 57%, which is (laughs) equally frustrating. Uh, Yeah, at least the audience didn't like it. That is very true. The popcorn is spilling. It's a higher, it has a higher rating on IMDb. Oh, really? What is it? What's the Metacritic? Uh, so the Metacritic score is 37. Oh. But the IMDb is 6.9 out of 10. Hmm. That's just wrong. <laughs> Interesting. This is why, and I say this a lot, I don't trust user reviews. Yeah. I just don't. Yeah. I, go, I would rather go with a critic that I might disagree with mm-hmm. than go with the user score which I almost always think is wrong. <laughs> almost always. Yeah. And they're not always trustworthy. No. Because they just game the system. I doubt they did that with this. <laughs> I think this is just nostalgia points. Yeah. What uh, What is our user rating of this movie? What would we... Um. Give? Oh, goodness. Um, One out of five alrighty thens. Uh, point five. Point five. Wow, yeah. that's low. Yeah. I think that's the lowest rating we've had on ours. Yeah. It is. I'm going to give it two alrighty thens. Yeah, two alrighty thens. I think that's fair. 
All right. All right. So that's the end of the game, right? We're yeah. Done? We are okay. done. We finished Holy it out. Holy moly. Hopefully you got close. Uh, we'll be back with... Ne- next week will be When Nature Calls. Yeah. And then we'll pick a brand new movie after that. And I'm looking forward to it because I want to do something good again. <laughs> It was kind of rough going from Star Wars to something like this. Well, it was, but I think it's an interesting debate because, well, not so much this one, but because I think we all equally hated it. But it was nice to go from a franchise that we all loved to a franchise that we basically don't. I don't want to say I hate it, but like I don't like like it. Yeah. So it's kind of a nice, interesting. It does. There is a now the longer I've thought about it, there is a betrayal aspect. Because it's like we went from a series we loved to one we thought we did. Yeah. And it turns out we don't. Right. And it's just not that good. Yeah. So I'm bummed. I'm bummed now. I'm sorry. <laughs> I'm sorry. I'm bummed. I hope When Nature Calls is better. But yeah, you can find us online at facebook.com slash okconnection. Uh, we have an Instagram now, right? Well, hi, yes, lady. so many sequels pod. Look at that. So many sequels pod on Instagram. So come on out and like us. Yep. Find us on iTunes. If you're listening on SoundCloud, find us on SoundCloud if you're listening on iTunes. Yep. Because those are the only two places you can listen right now. Yeah. Like us, subscribe, give us a rating, all those fun stuff that yes, really helps us you, out. Yes. Go to your iTunes and just hit the five star rating. You have to hit five. Yeah. You I have will, to give I us che- five out of five well, already. I checked then. and you have to click five. Yeah. Five That's out of five already <laughs> that's for us. That's what we deserve. And that will help us out. Yeah. And if you write a review, that's good too. But all I'm going to ask is that you hit the start. Yeah, we're not going to ask you to type things. No. Just just to click. Okay. Oh. All righty then. Take care now. Bye-bye then.